Yeah, hello, and welcome to episode 85 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my podcast where I speak with some of the rockingest people from the online web. This week's friend is singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer from South Wales, formerly the singer-guitarist in the political alternative rock band Kaishera, turned best-selling author, I'm talking about James Kennedy. Oh, it was so fun talking to James about his story coming from a rock band, pivoting to author, talking about that, and cheese rolling. So in summary, I hope you'll have a pleasant time listening to Friends of the Show, episode 85, with James Kennedy. Hey, how's it going? Hey, there we go. Sorry to catch you off guard there, dude. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Actually, yeah, I think you're the first person who's ever called early. But, you know, I love the gumption. like it. Well, I'm really hungover today, man. So uh, I'm lying on the couch, and I was like, you know what? Let's just fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that attitude. Yeah, get her going. Um, sorry yep. to hear about the uh, hangover. What is your um, What is your go-to move what's your cure what is your uh what's your placebo effect? <laughs> i don't know what what do you do to to cure what ails you i'm not a lot really man I'm, I'm pretty useless i know there's things you can do but i just i just throw myself into it i'm like okay you know coffee food junk food tally you know relax that's just that, those are the basics i think help. those are the main you hit you hit a few key factors um, I think, yeah, you got to get some, something in your stomach. You got to eat something, soak up whatever's left. Uh, I think coffee is good if you are trying to stay awake, uh, for the day, but you don't want to be doing too much. Stay on the couch, stay in bed. I think that's yeah. the, the, the perfect three recipe for a classic Sunday hangover. I think if there's any one thing that uh, my that I always go to, it's normally like a bit of a marathon Anthony Bourdain session from the couch. Okay, yeah. So you've got your media cued in. You don't have to think too much, but yeah. uh, some food that your brain can think about eating. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Car- carby goodness, man. But I don't have hangovers that often because I, I actually was teetotal for three years uh, until... October this year, I had another drop for three years, and now, and now I'm back. I'm going full throttle. Now so. you're back. So what happened in October? Was it a was it just like ah, I'm gonna be uh, have a, have a drink at this birthday party, and then it was like, well, yeah, why not? Why did I? Why was I doing that? Pretty much that man. I went on a holiday, like holiday. first time since the lockdown, right? Because um, we haven't been able to go anywhere for like the past two years or anything. So, elephant uh, in the room: global coronavirus pandemic currently <laughs> in year two. If you're listening in the far future, and we're just heading into Omicron time, so we've got a new, most uh, highly contagious variant uh, called Omicron. It sounds like something from a fucking Transformers movie, man. I don't know where they're getting these names from. I believe they are from Greek letters. You know how like they were before they were like, oh, it's the uh, it's the India variant, it's the South Africa variant. That was causing some issues with <laughs> you know uh, international. You know, uh, you know, you're like, oh, you're from South Africa. Maybe you have the South Africa variant. Yeah. Or as yeah, opposed yeah. to they're like, oh no, well look, now that I will call them the Delta variant. We'll use the like you know these uh, the epsilon these. Uh, Greek symbols. It makes it a less, uh, yeah, less confrontational because who is Omicron? <laughs> Clearly a villain from space. Like, yeah, the the Transformers oh, banished them to deep space, but now they're back a if millennia it's not, later. It should be like somebody's missed a trick there. Cause that that's a cool name, man. It is pretty cool. I think um, if there is anything to fear, I'm glad that we're fearing that we fear Omicron because it's kind of fun to say. Be like, everyone must yeah. fear Omicron. Like, yeah, of course we fear Omicron. <laughs> like, yeah, just say it. Think about to say it. It makes t- total sense that we fear Omicron. But I'm glad that you've so far made it through. Okay, hopefully you and all your loved ones made it through unscathed. Um, yeah. and, uh, the vaccines have reached uh, you and all your friends and family, and uh, hopefully that's good. You managed to go on holiday. How, what was that experience like? Where'd you go? Where'd you stay? How was it? I went to uh, a little island in Greece, a Greek island called Paros. Never been there before. Um, late No, it was early, first week of October, I think it was. So the weather was still good, but the tourists were all gone. So it was dead quiet. 
Oh, like, it was timing. awesome, man. Really needed it, you know. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm a musician, so I mean, for like 18 months, I didn't do anything anyway. I was just kind of sitting around the house. So, mm-hmm. man, so I would say I needed a holiday. I didn't really need one, but it was just nice to be able to get away to somewhere sunny and just sit on the beach and you know, rub, you know, rub and sit in my house, you know. For so, sure. Uh, yeah, and there's awesome. something, um, you know, like it's it's like we're all like mentally exhausted from having to change our lives so much or whatever, like the future societal impacts of our our mental states are going to be like society um people who are studying it in the far future are gonna be like yeah these people got messed up from this but just um like the ability to maybe go away and like sort of turn off your brain leave the space that you've been cooped up in for so long get out of that space get into another space maybe uh trick your mind to thinking that it's a different time and um i i I get i get the idea behind uh doing that and why it's so so needed um, but now it's oh, like right when everyone is geared up to maybe <laughs> to to do that, they're booking vacations, everyone's booking yep. their stuff, and now it's like maybe we're heading back into lockdown times, oh, <laughs> which is tough. You know, it's tough. It's tough for uh, for everyone on the planet who's been affected by this the whole time. Um, different various levels of it, but um, yeah, a vacation would be nice. So, did you see Salt Bay? I guess he's he's in Mykonos or whatever, right? <laughs> you know, the guy who uh, does, yeah, drizzles the salt. Yeah, do, do they talk far, about that guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was far away from that dude. Actually, he's Turkish, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he made it. Yeah, he went viral, and he really capitalized on that. <laughs> I know some All friends know who went to uh, a restaurant where, yeah, he like works at a restaurant. He's like a famous guy who works at a restaurant, and uh, yeah, you go and he does his thing, and you can put it on your Instagram. <laughs> and it charges like ten grand for a steak or something stupid. Yeah, so, like... but you know, price to pay for fame for your fifteen minutes, <laughs> right? That's what you get for your fifteen minutes now. If you're stupid enough to pay ten grand for a steak, you deserve it. Well, as long as you don't cook it, well done. <laughs> all right well i guess we should say this is james kennedy all right with this week's guest of friends of the show what a chill intro uh that we do now so this is the beginning of the podcast where we get into the the wtf meat and bones of it the who are you where are you from who are your guys we get into the the tale of your your life so who are you where are you from who are you guys I'm James Kennedy. I'm from South Wales in the UK. Um, I'm a musician, uh, independent label owner, and recently an author, I suppose I could say. Ooh, Renaissance man. Very cool. Congratulations on all their success. Thanks, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's very cool. Um, Yeah, so let's get into it. Musician, how did you start? When did you pick up the guitar? Did you like the Beatles? Um, yeah, man. Well, uh, I started when I was nine. For my ninth birthday, my father stole a little Spanish acoustic guitar as a present because, um, you know, we I was from a low income background and like, you know, three kids and stuff. And it was like, oh, Jesus, another kid's birthday. What am I going to get in? Uh, no money. So he, he had an opportunity. I think he was left alone in a music shop for five minutes or something. And uh, his guitar <laughs> was there. So we just Robin Hooded the guitar and he gave me that for my birthday, for my ninth birthday. I, I didn't want a guitar. I probably wanted, you know, whatever the, you know, overpriced, most fashionable toy was at that time. But I got a guitar instead. And um, my dad knew how to play like one little blues riff on the guitar, which you could do with two fingers. So uh, he showed me how to play the riff and I picked it up straight away and I was just hooked. You know, that's all, all I ever wanted from that point on was a guitar, you know, so I yeah. just upset. And, um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, that makes it a great opening story in a book for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, you got to go find whose it. shop that was and, you know, bring it back or something. <laughs> Or like, or you know, pay well, him, pay him for the guitar years later. You know, if I'm glad it was a shop and not a person. If you, if you stole it from some other poor nine year old kid. Oh yeah, no, for sure. No. Yeah, but uh, that's a great story, and it worked out. So continued musicians, continued being a musician, didn't give up. Um, so what was your first uh, like band or whatever? How would you get? How did you first start performing? Well, I started um, first band i was in was in school we had a band called section eight um and we played just like green day and nirvana covers exclusively and that was it (laughs) and uh we weren't very good but uh power chords that was the first taste of performing you know and it was was awesome like performing in the school gym and you know um the gym hall you know proper like um you know like a 90s music video type of thing you know (laughs) it was that basically yeah (laughs) 
battle of the bands, <laughs> a lot of battles yeah, yeah, yeah. of the bands. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, we, someone was actually like uploaded to YouTube, like four of the gigs that we did. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so, now yeah. nowadays, like your high school band is more, uh, <laughs> you're more likely to have a lot of video of your performances, which is exciting for future <laughs> grown up uh, people where you'd be like oh this is this was their first band that you can see where they played in this basement yeah <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah everything is cataloged now man i mean i was amazed you know that that, that that footage existed i was like shit I, I didn't even know that existed so uh but now yeah it's like kids these days you know they don't even know what they're putting online they're putting everything out there oh god yeah well yeah it, it, everything is online now but like you know it's, which is kind of awesome in some ways but at the same time it was kind of like a simpler time back in the 90s you know when uh when i was it in the 90s yeah i suppose it was yeah when i was when i, when I was in my school band and um you know so like yeah like it, it was a simpler time then. <laughs> definitely a simpler time we didn't even have uh, a smartphone we didn't have a de- we had a device but it was like a i had a my device was a um cassette player like a portable cassette player it took like 4d batteries um yeah. and yeah i could play a cassette so i had my cassette that i would bring around i was pretty big into crisscross i remember when i first got the cassette player and would like bring this big cassette player around and at recess like here we go gather around cassette player we're gonna drop some jams <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that we were dealing with back then not like you can access any song ever written plus oh, yeah, yeah, any yeah. amount of media <laughs> or yeah. whatever's unlocked or available to you with your level of I can't uh, remember access. um you know like when you had a walkman uh we called them a uh, like a little sony walkman to fit in your pocket or something like that yes i can't remember did, did you have to decide before you left the house in the morning what tape you were going to listen to that day or did we carry around bags of tapes i can't remember i did i was a two tape guy so i would usually have like a backpack right so i'd have enough space so i could carry a couple tapes but i would have like one that's in there and then one like one case with another tape in it so then oh, you could swap yeah. it out but only one case like you don't have to carry one sense. extra case that's right so yeah, yeah that makes sense so i usually have two on the go uh hootie and the blowfish um cracked review was my first one where i like wore it out like that album <laughs> it was it's just funny to think of like the uh albums that you buy as a kid or like you get <laughs> like think it's good to get this or I had like the batman forever soundtrack it was like obviously Please. yeah you get it. it's classic uh <laughs> hootie and the blowfish um crisscross obviously and uh yeah you 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 put your tape in, and the thing is, you couldn't just you. If you wanted to listen to the hit single again, you'd have to rewind, and you'd have to get good at knowing how far to rewind. Or if your tape machine had the little timer, you could use that <laughs> and be like, just rewind it to zero, and that's the start of jump. <laughs> I got all this stuff, man. Yeah, good, good memories. I had what I had a, um, a player, a little set player that had a speaker on it as well. So um, I remember being on the school bus. And I'd, I'd be the guy with like the Sepultura or the Pantera records blasting on this little skinny speaker thing. And uh, <laughs> was like, yeah, I, I, in my mind, I was the cool guy because I had the heavy metal record. So I was pissing everybody on the bus off. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely King of the Bus because you had music or if you had something else. I remember I had like little um, LCD based games where it was very simple game something like uh you know you drive a car and little obstacles show up on the thing but i'm like all right who wants to borrow this for this bus ride <laughs> you're like yeah <laughs> how about that oh, yeah time, currying time. favor <laughs> with uh different <laughs> grades with uh my devices that i had so definitely was always a fan of devices but definitely jealous of kids today who have the world at their fingertips tips um and uh, yeah, because I'd be like, my dream was just to like have a little TV that I could watch on the bus because I had a long bus ride. Um, so when like the little TVs, like portable TVs first, they were not little, right? Like you're thinking about like the size of like a boombox kind of thing, but you could yeah. you could have one and it would pick up a couple over the air radio station or um, TV stations. And when I found out those existed, I put those on my Christmas list. I was like tw- 10 years old. <laughs> it was like $300 or whatever for this little portable TV that I would never get. But that was my dream, and you know I'm happy for the kids now who have that, who are living my dream. Oh, dude, I mean, like I, I wish, like when I was learning to play guitar, you know, like I had, I, I wish I had YouTube. And oh, stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like, I, I did a spell as a as a guitar teacher in a school as one of my day jobs, you know, a few years back, and um, 
you know, the stuff that the kids are going to school now, you know, they get like an actual professional, you know, musician who's in a touring band or you know, like myself to go in and show them how to play, you know, heavy metal records. And awesome. Play the and then when they go home, they can look up the tab <laughs> very easily. Yeah. They don't have to like... Go on YouTube and have somebody walk you through it and stuff like that. Any song you want and all the tabs of it. Like when I was in school, what I had to do was I had to like, because um, I'm self-taught, that music in school sucked. You know, it was like learning a keyboard like or, or classical music or something. Yeah. And then, uh, so I would go to the, um, like the news agent after school uh, whilst I was waiting for the bus and I would have to try and like look at all the guitar magazines that I couldn't afford and just kind of like mentally scan all of the music in there and try and remember <laughs> it all the best as I could, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. It was like you could either, you know, like have your mom drive you to the music store and pay $30 for the book with the sheet music or now you can just look it up on a website or on your phone yeah. Yeah, and that's just so cool. have it. And if you have trouble with it, there's... 300 videos of people who are showing you how to play and different <laughs> <Yeah>. versions <laughs> oh dude if i had that man i would have been unstoppable seriously unstoppable <laughs> so kids these days we're looking at you music better be good yeah, in the be, future <laughs> we better get another beatles <laughs> oh yeah just to answer your question about the beatles yes of course i love the beatles as well yes yeah, so beatles big in the news currently because peter jackson's get back has been recently introduced into the world and so light again shining on this band um so yeah they're they're good i was a fan i went through a big beatles phase i believe it was around the time when live at the bbc was uh reissued or something and it was a double box set and i got it on cd was very stoked listened to it um it was like a live radio show that they did i guess um and it was a two CD thing. And then after that, like they had the Beatles one big reissue. That was sort of my main yeah. Beatles phase where I was like deep into them. Um, but I was more into yeah. like the early Beatles, which is weird. Cause then I later learned like after I grew up that the later Beatles are kind of <laughs> better. So yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> it took me a while yeah, to figure that out. You know, just like when you're a kid, you don't know. Everyone always asks, you know, who's your favorite Beatles? Did you have, a, did you have a favorite? Yeah, it was Paul. But now yeah. I don't know if it's George or not. I think it might be George. I would go Paul. I think as a musician, I mean, like John was the coolest and the most rock and roll. Uh, but I think Paul was definitely, you know, the musician of the band. He played loads of different instruments. Brilliant songwriter, great singer, you know. Yeah, for me, it was always Paul. But um, like I always just naturally gravitated to Paul. And I thought that I would like have I wouldn't really get along with John for whatever reason. Like, we'd be not friends or something. But for Paul, I felt like we could be friends. Uh, and um, then later on, I was like, oh, no, George is secretly, like, the coolest and nicest one that right. maybe I would really want to be really friends with. So that's how I judge it. Like, who would I really want to be, like, good friends with? And, yeah, Paul for sure. And then George right up there also. Um, Ringo, <laughs> shout out. I only recently came around to realizing how much he adds with his understated and different um his drum parts or whatever like yeah I agree really cool man. like yeah. i've seen a lot of yeah. tiktoks recently about a guy's like here's how you could play drums on this and it's like boosh, 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 boosh. and then they're like here's how ringo did it right like, okay yep that's good yeah 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 very creative parts man i gotta be honest you know like um yeah, very, very underrated drummer. You know, I, I don't think he was technically the best, but... No, I think that's probably good. where people get confused. Like, he's not technically the best, and he's not really in your face, and he's not flashy. He's kind of goofy. But yeah. underneath it all, that's like, you know, that's what ties a lot of the songs together, and, like, you know, oh, yeah. the drums, the backbone of all the songs. It's yeah. like, you got to have all the parts moving in tandem to get to get the, to get get how it goes. Yeah. You know how it drum. is. You're a professional musician in a band. You're a guy in a band. You're quite, uh, you, you seem to know quite a lot about this stuff as well, man. I enjoy music. I've been into bands, been into, been to a lot of shows, like been going to shows since I was very young and consistently, you know, for a long, long time, basically up until, uh, the global pandemic. It was the first like year where I didn't go to any shows and I haven't been to any shows since, uh, I guess like March, 2020. But yeah, like my, I've a friend who's in a in a really good um, fun band who's been on the show, friend of the show, Greg Alsop from Tokyo Police Club. Shout out! So like they just did a little tour, but we didn't go because yeah, we're still not <laughs> going to shows yet. But this it's, it's weird for me to to have to not 
have gone to shows after being so, you know, live music yeah. is just like, it's, it's the thing. <laughs> you go to see a live show and that you'll end up liking that band. You know, if they do, if they put on a good show, you'll like that band forever, basically. Like that was what I found has been different. Like I, um, I went to see, uh, Christina Aguilera and Destiny's Child one time, just like randomly. Uh, we like randomly were at a place where this uh, concert was going on and like a scalper's like, hey, five bucks, you want to go? We're like, oh, yeah, sure. And we went and it was like, all right, it's fine. Christina Aguilera, whatever. But Destiny's Child were like, wow, that's, that's actually pretty cool. So, and then eventually you're like, later on, you're like, oh, that was Beyonce. That's why I liked it so much. Huh. <laughs> like, you know, you can really recognize like a real strong performer or you know something like that and when you see it live you're like you 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 get it so i think that oh, like totally. the, the power of totally. live is just is is crazy yeah there, there have been records and bands i've listened to and i'm like oh i just don't get it you know and then you go and see them live begrudgingly and you're like oh shit yeah this band is awesome it just totally makes so much more sense yeah exactly um i think one example for me was um counting crows and live i saw then like I did another thing, exact same situation, didn't want to go. We were just like randomly, randomly got tickets uh, for free and we went and I was like, okay, <laughs> lightning crashes. I get it. Long <laughs> December. Even the slow ones are good. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And then, so after that, I'm just like, yeah, respect have, you know, I guess you get like some sort of like respect for them for being performers and being able to pull that off. Um, and then, you know, you end up like, like, oh, yeah, live, because I saw them live. Uh, I'll uh, pick them up a little bit more, or, like tend to listen a bit more, or maybe check them out a little bit more. Um, so things like that. Um, you might not have uh, noticed them as much earlier, but if you see them live, you, you'll always, like, remember them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just today bought tickets to go and see My Chemical Romance. They come into uh, Cardiff. That's exciting. Um, hey, big outdoor gig, yeah. So looking forward to that one, man, because they they're fucking awesome. Because they had um, they were like they're broken up or whatever for a while, right? Like they were on hiatus or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they did break up. I think I think they they called it a day, and then they got back together for a big reunion thing, twenty twenty. Obviously, they had to cancel the whole thing. So I, I think this might be the rescheduled dates. I'm yes, not sure. right. Yeah, because yeah, that that I mean that that's a that's a big show. That guy's pretty big. That Gerard guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, that, that was a band that was exactly like we were just saying because um, my partner was a big fan, and I didn't get it because I was a hard rock guy and I didn't I'd get the emo thing. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know? And um, took took her to see them in Cardiff when they played the arena last time, and and that I just I was converted, you know, straight away. I was yeah. like, oh, this this makes sense. And then when we were on tour with my band, the last band I was in, Kashira. Uh, we did a UK tour and we just listened to the Black Parade pretty much for the entire tour. And I just, yeah, like got a total new level of appreciation for the songwriting and the musicianship and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, life, life can, you know, totally convert you to a, to a band, you know, when, when you <laughs> really didn't get it before. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how that it just like opens your eyes like that. And doesn't matter who it is and what genre I found, uh, it just happens. It's like, oh, yep, the power of performance. Yeah, yeah, it's real. You know, it, it's a vibe in a room with other people. You know, it, 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 it's it's raw. It's the it's primal. Yeah. It's the way it should be. Really, definitely yeah. vibe vibrations very important. Um, so what was your biggest um show? What's your biggest gig that you've done then? That I've done. Hmm, that's a difficult one. Um, I've done thousands of them surely by now. The biggest one, I don't know. Nothing um, pops to mind like whoa, performed for the Queens. Corgi well, one time. Some, um, done some interesting things like that, but it wasn't with the band. It, like I, I, I songwrite as well, and I had some um, performances done. Like one of the, the one of the biggest sort of um, most interesting things that did was I like, co-wrote a song uh, that was performed by like a thousand-piece uh, choir in like um, the Royal Albert Hall, or um, I think there was a big uh, arena in Wales that, that played it as well. Awesome. Uh, that was pretty cool. I, I, but it, it <laughs> I, my, the way my brain works is I'm very, um, I immediately move on from stuff. So I don't, sure. tend to, yeah, yeah, yeah. these things stick, you know, they, they happen and I'm like, oh, that was cool. And then I'm immediately moved on to the next thing. So, um, but that was, one, that was one moment. I think that, that there was more people in the choir than there was in the audience, I think. And they were like, they were all singing this song. We filled the theater and, um, I, you know, 
they were singing the song that I wrote, and I was sat up in the uh, up in the gods, and I remember a moment thinking, "Fucking hell, this is uh, this is this is pretty awesome," you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely get emotional feeling something like that, like that yeah, many man. people in something in a situation like that. You know, sometimes those places, those like um, you know, epic, legendary places that have had so much yeah. history, you're there. Like, how many people have been here experiencing like motion? emotions like this or like hearing beautiful songs or experiencing something like this or like really you know brings you into the moment something that yeah, you never forget totally. something so, like that. And, and then like it'll happen and it'll be intense and then like i'm such a dumbass and as soon as as soon as i walk out the door it's like it's forgotten again you know <laughs> yeah i'm just like all right on to the heading to the pub now yeah exactly yeah right done that you know cool but like with the band like probably the biggest gigs we did were probably um I'll probably I'll probably kick myself when once we <laughs> once we finished up. So like oh I should have mentioned like oh I forgot we performed stuff. on the moon. Wembley Stadium, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, probably um, let's think. Yeah, we played we played a beach in Italy. That was pretty big. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, nice, nice uh, touristy kind of vibes. It was uh, a place called Livorno, so it wasn't too touristy. It's not one of the places that people normally go to, you know. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was very like Italian, um, and it was it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was like uh, middle of the summer. We'd just been touring Europe with a band from uh, California called Snot, who were doing their twentieth anniversary um, uh, album uh, reissue or something nice. tour, and. Um, yeah, this was a little stop just before we went back into Switzerland, and um, yeah, it was fucking brilliant, man. You know, middle of summer, right on, right on the beach. So you you're playing, you can see the sea right there oh, next to you. Yeah. Big outdoor stage. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's Great the stuff. Vibe. Wearing a white linen suit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I went fucking topless for that bad boy. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I want to get a white linen suit though, and go to Italy and you know stand on the beach do that thing yeah and you gotta get like a white panama hat i have to get the panama hat i would like to look like pierce brosnan in that uh thomas crown affair yeah with the with the couple of buttons on the shirt undone at the top yes correct and renee russo on my arm for some reason too oh of course gotta be done All right, so that sounds like pretty good, uh, pretty rock star um, life. So, is this um, is is all your rock star antics covered in your book, or what's uh, how'd you end up writing a book, and what's your book about? Uh, well, the book, yeah, basically is about my life as a musician up until this point. So it's the first forty years of my life because I am that old. And um, but it was um, I, I I didn't really intend on writing a book. I mean, my band Kashira broke up in 2018 officially, um, and I uh, it was December just before Christmas, and I started writing the book January 2019. So literally like three weeks later, and the whole book was written in like two months. Oh wow! So I think when the band um, broke up, I was kind of in that existential. You know, I was approaching 40. I was having that existential crisis point. And, you know, the band that I'd been in for like 10 years had now finished. And it was like, well, so don't, does everything I've done up until now, you know, not mean anything now? Or is that Ooh, like, yeah, you know, man, that's a good one. Right at 40, that perfect. We don't, we don't call it midlife crisis anymore because, you know, uh, we live much longer now. But that existential crisis, oof, yeah, right at that perfect. It always happens at that, that perfect moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been sort of like um, going through a bit of that for a few years, you know, approaching 40 and stuff. But then, you know, I always had the outlet of the band and things like that. And that kind of gave me my identity and my sense of purpose and stuff. So when that was gone, I was like, oh, shit. So what, what am I? <laughs> yeah. you, know, what, you know, what do I do? You know, what's my identity? Well, you know, and, and is everything I've done like redundant now? It's like it doesn't mean anything or anything. So, um, so I think the book kind of came out of that process really i wasn't really I, I never intended to write the book i have no recollection of going in and sitting down and starting it um but i think it was probably just yeah my way of um going back over everything i'd done you know when thinking about you know the good times and the lessons learned and the bad times and, and stuff like that and uh before i knew it i kind of had a book and i and i thought well you know yeah this 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 you know i was just going to put it out on the internet like as a free kind of pdf or something you know just for a few yeah. of the fans <laughs> But like a month later, I got a publishing deal. And um, yeah, here we are. Like it went to number one on Amazon. 
Um, it was the second best-selling uh, rock biography after Roger Daltrey from The Who, which was pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, the local bookstores have got it on the shelves and stuff, and it's a pretty fucking, you know, complete shock success. Really, That's awesome. Like, yeah, and you weren't yeah. even a deaf, dumb, and blind kid. Say that again? You weren't even a deaf, dumb, and blind kid. <laughs> Roger Daltrey <laughs> Raff. All right. Where's my Uncle Ernie stands? I clearly deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, so you just yeah started writing it down to you know have the cathartic recap and you know let it all out, ready for a fresh start. Maybe by putting down all that stuff, it'll help you visualize what you wanted to do uh, moving forward. That's such a good um, thing to do anyway, because I'm sort of in that space. I'm right in that uh, that time frame. I'm in the ex- been in the existential crisis mode for like a year or, or two years now, a year and a half, two years. So um, right in that same zone, still figuring it out, getting getting there, but haven't made the major break. I haven't had any major thing happen to put me into the have to write a book or have to pivot <laughs> super hard. But I know that it's coming or it's like it, or I'll make it happen in the next like year or two. I don't know. Something is going to happen, but I'm just sort of in that pre-foggy <laughs> stage. You know, like you probably yeah. know what I'm talking about from being in there, but... Um, oh, totally. Well, I've had a few, man. I mean, I had um, I had a, the biggest one I had was when I was still in the band, which is something I talk about in the book because um, you know the, my band was was never successful. You know, the, the 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 twist in the book basically is that it's uh, it's a rock memoir, but from the perspective of ninety nine percent of all the other bands who don't make it. You know, right. so it's the reality of what we go through. Yeah. Um, you know, sleeping in a transit van. You know, showering in car parks with bottled water. You know, and getting screwed over by everybody and not making any money and yes. playing to 12 people you know so it, it was all the stuff story. that um really famous bands have to deal with just for a little bit yeah you have yeah, to deal so, with for a way longer and way yeah. more way like more uh you know it happens a lot more yeah some of us like myself just just couldn't let go of that that drug you know for like 10 years and i think towards the end of it the the, the truth was kind of you know becoming you know difficult for me to uh, to bullshit my way out of it was like okay dude you're getting older now this is clearly not working out you know and yeah. uh, you know what are you going to do so i kind of had um my biggest sort of breakdown whilst i was still in the band it, it actually happened when i was on that tour that i was just talking about um you know when we were in italy and everything like that and i ended up like <laughs> basically trashing the inside of our transit van in france out of frustration you know just drunk one night and um when I got back from the tour, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I've got to do a bit of work on myself because I'm like really depressed. <laughs> yeah. I'm broke. You know, my missus has left me. I'm living with my parents and I'm 35, you know, so I got to sort my life out. So I had a real hit the rock bottom kind of moment uh, at that point. Um, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, um, you know, changes were made, realizations were made and, uh, my life just got so much better, you know, from that point. So I think like sometimes, you know, your lowest moments, if, if that's what you may have come in, if you're, uh, in that existential period at the moment, then, uh, you know, oftentimes it can be the, 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 the start of, of something way better. Yeah. Hopefully that's, uh, that's the, ho- that's the dream, right? So, yeah. We'll come out better than ever on the way to a fresh new start in this new era of life. Post-pandemic. You heard it here first. The pandemic is ending. It's not going to be indefinite. (laughs) (laughs) Right, people in the future? (laughs) Right, if you're listening in the far future? (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that's pretty cool. So do you want to give a tease? What's the most salacious story that we could tease in, in, uh, for the book to get some, get some downloads for this book? We should mention what the, the name is, and I will drop the link in the show notes for listeners. It's Noise Damage, My Life as a Rock and Roll Underdog by James Kennedy. You can get it on Amazon and whatever bookstores. It's distributed in Canada and the States as well. So um, whatever the, you know, the, the sort of big stores are over there should stock it as well. Um, salacious. I mean, there's, there's a lot of salacity, if that's the word, <laughs> yeah. in the book. <laughs> I mean, we didn't do any private planes and smashing up hotels and sleeping with strippers and, you know, doing cocaine and all that sort of stuff because we couldn't afford to. We would have if we could. But um, Yeah, it gets so expensive. Our, yeah, our, our kind of like rock and roll stories are more like, you know, um, <laughs> revolving around transit vans and cheap hostels and, and <laughs> house parties and things like that, you know. But um, yeah, there's, there's there's still a fair share of, uh, of 
of drink and drugs and mayhem in there because it's amazing what um, three broke guys can get up to, what kind of carnage they can cause when they're just, you know, traveling around the country or, or Europe in, in, a, in, a, in a crappy, rusted transit van, living on, you know, petrol station sandwiches <laughs> and, and and not much sanity left or, or, or you know, or, or faculties remaining having showered in three weeks. It's, it's amazing the, the carnage those guys can, can cause, you know? Yeah, I mean, they got nothing else to lose. They're basically, you're going from party to party every night. Like, people are coming to you to party uh, every single night, and then you just go to the next party. Uh, it can lend itself to certain uh, lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. And oftentimes like, um, uh, like wild stuff just happens just because you're so fucking frazzled. You know what I mean? You're just constantly on the move all the time. Nothing you do matters because you won't even be in that town or even that country tomorrow. Oh yeah. You're never going to see these people again. <laughs> no, speed and fines, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> we, we just didn't give a shit. Yeah. So uh, take out a yeah. library book, not bring it back. Ah! Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Keeping this Steinbeck. <laughs> so yeah you know i um yeah the, the, there's quite a lot we still managed to make a quite a lot of uh you know quite a lot of chaos in in our travels but um you know i, I try to be as open and, and as realistic in the book uh, for people who don't know you know the reality of what musicians go through as well you know, there's quite a lot of dark stuff in there as well to do with you know um you know me, my depressive moments and, you know, alcohol dependency and just being broke, you know, piss poor broke and getting ripped off by everybody and having to mm. sue record labels and, you know, relationships breaking down, can't hold a job down, you know, all for this addiction, basically, which is what it was of, of rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, so I tried to be open and honest and, and you know, put myself out there for all of my shortcomings and, and, and failings and stuff as well. Uh, but, but it's also funny. It's, it's a rip-roaring read. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I tried, to, I tried to sort of think, oh, you know, what, what, what lessons have I learned here that I can share with people as well? You know, so there's some philosophical moments in there as well. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's what um, you know, people want. Uh, they want the whole truth, the whole thing, and then hopefully they grow along the way. You can see how you started, what happened, and where you are now. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. I'm looking at the cover right now. It's nice. It's, it's great. It's got you on stage striking a rock and roll pose with that <laughs> classic written over it uh, uh, look. Looks like a, a cover of a, um, a TikTok or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like a kind of punk rock kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, um, I'm actually writing the second book right now, um, which will be coming out next year. So it covers be- years forty to forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pandemic years. <laughs> a lot about that vacation. <laughs> a lot of chapters about the vacation. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. Like, like, not a lot has happened. I mean, like, you know, I put my entire life into the last book and because mm-hmm. it did so well the publisher was like hey that worked you know? oh yeah definitely yeah they're yeah. they're looking for their their extra cut on you gonna squeeze this uh james kennedy lemon a little bit more yeah and i'm like dude like <clears throat> like my entire life is in the, in the book. yeah like i need to live a little bit more maybe you want to front me uh some more vacation money <laughs> yeah or, or you know just send me you know on a tour with a yeah you gotta go on a tour do some yeah, debauchery just give me ten grand to just go and blow on drugs and. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'll take ten grand, but I'll live like I used to live on ten dollars a day. Yeah, and it'll go so much further. We'll just raise mayhem around the place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Hell yeah! <laughs> so what are you doing these days? So you're working on that noodling around. You um, you uh, after your band, you did your own band. Tell us about that. Um, or you did I've your own done, uh, solo stuff. Yeah, I've always done solo records as well. So for every, Kashira did three albums, and for every Kashira album, there was always a solo album kind of um, squeezed in between them as well. So um, after the band kind of disbanded, I had a solo album that was kind of out uh, at that point, which did quite well as well. Um, But it was always, you know, it wasn't really like the main project. It was still very much, you know, a side project solo thing. The band was always the main thing. But then when the band officially ended, um i set up a new band james kennedy and the underdogs which is my current band uh and released uh, a proper album that wasn't just like a side project solo thing it was a bona fide actual solo release uh, which came out around the same time as the book last year it's called uh, make anger great again 
and um yeah it's like a hard rock record politically themed um and yeah like uh, it's, it's been it's had a bit of a troubled road because it came out during the pandemic so we couldn't tour it or anything um and because it was so political um youtube took the video down for the uh, lead single like the yeah. day after it went live mm, which yeah. sucks mm-hmm. facebook wouldn't let me do any advertising for the record or any uh, boosted posts or anything like that because they said it was politically politicized uh oh yeah, Facebook's bad, and YouTube, I guess, is also bad. These big tech companies are bad, and um, hopefully we're moving to a place of decentralization, and hopefully Web3 will democratize some of these things. We'll get some decentralized YouTubes and decentralized um, Twitters and stuff like that where you can't get censored and, you know, people can do, kind of do what they want and outside of the control of these places. Yeah, I was quite surprised. I mean, I think a lot of it is algorithmic because, um, yeah, you know, I, the title is, you know, Make Anger Great Again, which is only like you know, three words. <laughs> yeah, it's only one word removed from what the algorithm's trying to look out for, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So at the time, I thought that was a clever <laughs> title because obviously my political leanings are, you know, the, the polar opposite of Donald Trump. You know, I was talking about, you know, um, you know, using anger as a, as a force for, um, you know, for good. Let's take to the streets. Let's take power back. Let's let's rise up and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sort of like textbook lefty, really. Um, so that's the political angle it was coming from. But yeah, I mean, these things get flagged up because of keywords and stuff like that. Suddenly, my tweets weren't getting seen by anybody, and like, you know, I couldn't promote anything on on any of the sites. So it kind of killed the promo for the record, really. So what I did, um, every time Donald Trump tweeted, I would reply to him in a comment, and I would say, "Make anger great again." Hashtag with a link to the video, okay. um, so that and all of his millions of followers, because it was right around election time as well. It was like a month before the election. So he was tweeting every 30 seconds. Yeah. And um, so, so, so I, I put a lot of comments in there. And then it, yeah, the video was, yeah, it generated like 16,000 plays or something like just literally off my replies to Donald Trump. And mostly from Trump fans who will go in there thinking that this is some kind of like, you know. Make- well, it's hard to tell. Yeah, hard to tell within that title. And I think that's probably why Facebook algorithm got confused as well. Yeah, because if you just glance at it, you know, you, you would You can't tell, tell if you're for or against with that. You know, it's like. It's tricky, but yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how like the algorithm can just it, like it's doing a job, but the nuance of uh, like communication on the internet is a bit ahead of algorithms at the moment. Uh, there's there's no space for like irony or you know wordplay or anything like that. You know what I mean? Which no. is quite. Maybe we don't have a sarcasm font yet. Not yet, man. Or or sarcasm. We we certainly get sarcasm it. emoji because I I'm I'm a super sarcastic bastard. I'm always saying stuff on Twitter <laughs> that's meant sarcastic, and in my mind, I think it's quite clearly sarcastic. But, but then looking get, at it I, completely removed from all context in 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we just had a sarcasm emoji, you could say your thing and then just put the little emoji there so people know, hey, this is supposed yeah, to be... this was actually... Didn't, he actually used this, which uh, at the time they used um, to denote sarcasm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a tool at the time. They used emojis. Um, you'll see they use LOL uh, often. They wouldn't actually be laughing out loud, but the idea of laughing out loud is portrayed through the use yeah. of these um, short acronyms. <laughs> and thank you, you future sociologist you need these things man because people on the internet jesus christ you, oh, you know, you people on the things. internet we're talking to you listeners yeah <laughs> man like literally like, i think i actually did it one day because i normally like rants about stuff and i just woke up one day i was in a good mood i was like hey i'm not going to say anything negative today man so i i, I think i said a tweet saying um hey i hope everyone has a great day today the sun is shining all's good you know look after yourselves and then someone replied saying, yeah, but it's not a good day for the children in Rwanda, is it, you heartless bastard? I was like, oh, fucking hell. You can't, you can't even say you have a nice day anymore, you know? <laughs> you can't win with Reply Guys. No. <laughs> Those Reply Guys. Shout out to all the Reply Guys listening. <laughs> and if I did say something about, you know, the children in Rwanda, you'd just get someone going, oh, right, so you don't care then about the children in Ukraine? You'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't name everybody, you know? Yeah. You can't win with these reply guys. <laughs> these freaking reply guys. Reply guys, man. Um, yeah, so the reply guys are out in force. So you're okay. You're out there in Wales. 
which is in the yeah. UK. Cardiff is where you're from? Yeah. All right. Tell us about Wales. What's going on there? Uh, actually, my brother-in-law wanted me to ask you about the World Darts Championship. Is that anything you know about? It's happening. There's apparently two Welshmen who are the tops in the world. Oh, shit. No, well, you don't know? Oh, I love I'm going to tell him. Because he, he's like, he's from Wales. He's got to know. I'm like, I don't think anybody cares about darts except for you, but. <laughs> I know nothing about any sports <laughs> at all. Is it a sport? I guess it is. Mm, but. Uh, in every pub, which is crazy. Every pub's got a dartboard. You know, you've got these drunk guys throwing darts around the place in a crowded room, you know. <laughs> but, you know. That's that's how they do it, I suppose, down here, you know. But yeah, darts is popular down here in the pubs and stuff. But, yeah, it's um, true. Rugby is big, you know. Rugby is the big Welsh sport. We're good at rugby as oh, well. Oh right, but, right, yes, it's good. So you're like a small country, but you focused, you laser focused in on rugby. You're like we're gonna put all our focus into rugby, probably a little bit into football, aka soccer. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we'll be good at rugby, and then a little bit good at soccer, and that'll be perfect. We just put the rest of our focus onto drinking. <laughs> yeah. So you like the rest of the UK, same culture, pub-based, generally, um, like drinking when you're 16 or whatever, totally normal. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're like, um, we're Celts. So it's the Irish, the Scots, and the Welsh. Um, everyone else is English. So England right. is a separate thing. That's the Anglo-Saxons. Um, the, the Welsh, the Irish and Scots, we're, we're Celts. So very similar vibe, you know, it's very mountainous and green, uh, very rural, um, right. you know, all, all the power bases in London and England, they don't tend to really care about, you know, England, Ireland or Scotland. They kind of let us do our own thing. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of vibe. Basically every, everything you think about Ireland or Scotland, when you think of that, that that's Wales as well. Um, yeah, mountains, fields. Yeah, shoot. I do think of that. Foggy, uh, mountainous, oh, hilly, farmland, yeah. dragons. Yeah. <laughs> we got a dragon on our flag, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I was thinking of. I um I lived in in uh, London for um a few months, uh, and um 2006, and it was great. I didn't get out to Wales, um, or Scotland or Ireland, unfortunately, because my something happened and I had to cancel my. Scotland trip, unfortunately, but uh, I did want to to visit the those lands, and uh, I hope to visit them someday. So, uh, still on the agenda, but was able to <coughs> excuse me <coughs> get around uh, the UK <coughs> and kind of get a vibe for how that you know how it feels, um, how they live like day to day, and I'm sort of assuming it's kind of similar in those other UK areas, but you know I have yeah. no way of knowing for sure because I didn't get there myself. Uh, it's pretty similar. I mean, it's it's probably the same as as where you are. I mean, like city life is the same. You know, every every city's got its vibe, but that's city life, and you know, yeah. but then as soon as you go outside of the city, it's, you yeah, know, that's it, true. It's, it's rural, you know what I mean? So it's people doing what they do. They stay in their local community where you've got your pub and your church and your... Strip <laughs> you know? malls, yeah. Little strip malls. Uh, whatever you do, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of the same. I mean, like, if you just step outside of London a little bit, you know, you'd, you'd find places that aren't too dissimilar to, um, you know, the sort of small town that, that we have over here in Wales, you know, um, small communities with, you know, a few a few things and... And people doing, you know, crazy things to entertain themselves. I mean, they've got a thing over in um, in Devon, in England, called uh, cheese rolling. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Oh, yeah. You have, you've got to check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. They get a big fucking thing of cheese and they just throw it down a hill and people run after it as fast as they can. And you get people breaking their necks and falling over and breaking their legs and smashing their face up and to, to chase after a lump of fucking cheese. <laughs> And that's the kind of stupid shit that happens in these outback places, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, in Gloucestershire, it says, one of the weird, world's weirdest events. Um, it was officially banned in 2010 due to safety concerns, but the volunteers have been keeping the tradition going. <laughs> cheese rolling. you got to see the videos. If, you have, if any of your listeners haven't seen it, go on YouTube and type in cheese rolling. It is the stupidest shit you'll ever see in your life. I'll put the the biggest tumbles from the 2019 Gloucester cheese rolling on in the show notes, so you can just <laughs> check them out there. Addictive viewing. 
Addictive viewing. All right. So I think I've covered most of this stuff. So what are you up to these days? What are you doing online? What are some of your go-tos? Are you on TikTok? Um, are you on any other social media? And uh, and what are you doing on there? I'm on everything. I am on TikTok, but I haven't got a clue what it is or what to do. Um, so I barely posted anything on there. But I'm on everything uh, as James Kennedy UK. So that's Instagram, Facebook. Ooh, great branding. Yeah, man. Keep it nice and simple, you know. Uh, and the same on you uh, on TikTok as well and Snapchat. But uh, Twitter's my main thing. Uh, Instagram, you know, I, I was heavy on Instagram for a bit, but um, I'm too lazy for Instagram. Like Twitter, I like. Uh, that's where my biggest followership is. I think that's where we connected as well. Correct. Um, and I'm not that active on anything anymore, to be honest. Uh, I think that's I good. <laughs> I can be quite lazy, you know. I could be quite selfish in that regard. Like, like I don't feel the need to share everything that I'm doing. I I, I go through phases where yeah. I'm very active on there and stuff like that, and then I get bored and I, I move on to something else. Um, so it's mostly just yeah. At the moment, you know, just sharing <laughs> things I'm reading or things I've watched or you know the occasional uh, rant about something. But I'm I'm gonna start like ramping things back up again in January. I'm gonna start podcasting my own. Um, because my manager has yeah do it. I think that's uh, I why I connected. You posted about maybe doing a podcast, and I'm like, listen, I have a podcast. Let's do it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like it was sort of a spur of the moment. Like normally I like pick people that I kind of know, but we don't really know each other at all. We never like interacted, but we just sort of follow each other. I'm like, this guy's cool. He's in a band. He's verified he's from Wales for sure. He's cool. I'm going to follow him back. Um, but uh, yeah, mostly usually it's someone that I know, but I really like it when I, there's someone that I don't know and I can just completely wing it and meet somebody new and uh, find out about somebody who I really have no idea at all about. And that's yeah. what's so great about this, this episode. Well, that's kind of like the appeal, I think, to doing it because uh, people have been saying to me for ages I should do a podcast because I, I am, you know, quite opinionated and stuff like that. I do a lot of interviews and I do a lot of other people's podcasts and things. So they said, you know, it would be interesting because you could talk about, you know, politics, music, you know, rock and roll stories, whatever you want, you know. Yeah, man. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the point? Um, but it would, I think the part of the appeal of it is exactly like you said, I could get people on there that I, I don't know or that I haven't met and then have a chat much like we're doing now, you know? Um, so I'm going to start that in January and we'll see how that goes. I'll probably do about three episodes and then stop. Yeah. Most um, podcasts do not make it to three episodes. <clears throat> okay. 90 plus percent of podcasts or something. Some stat do not make it past, uh, two episodes. Okay, right, right. I might, um, maybe I'll record a batch of them or something. <laughs> that is correct. That that is the best way to do it. Um, that's what I did. I had like a month or two months of, uh, like runway. I call it, you know, before having to have to post more episodes. Right. So you give yourself that time, batch a bunch, then you'll get you have like a month or so to record more and edit and post. You're probably not gonna have to edit and do all that stuff. You outsource that. But um, if you're doing it all yourself, it like takes. It's like two or three hours of work for every one hour of podcast, right? right? So so that when you add it all up, it becomes a lot. So like in my original version of this podcast, it was so much more work where I would like be, I'd have these questions. I'd be getting questions from Twitter. I would like research tweets that you've done, like my favorite tweets of yours and people send in their favorite tweets of yours. A whole big thing, and it was so much work. And then, uh, you know, I did that for a while, like you know, 50, 60 episodes, and then stopped, went on hiatus, and then this is the new version that's more stripped down. It's more chill. You just call in, and we just talk about some bullet points that I have. Um, not too not too stressful. No work uh, involved. And I do not do as good of a job editing. <laughs> so, so that's well, the new, do, so uh, it's less work for me, but I'm able to not give up on it because I'm, I'm excited to talk to people and I want to do this part about it. I don't want to do the editing and promotion yeah. or whatever. Like I barely promote it. I like post the link. That's what I'll do. And then maybe I'll like retweet the, that later on. Um, but I do not do much outside of that. And people who want to listen can listen. And it's always there, you know, in the future, if anyone wants to listen and finds out or whatever, however they find out. Um, but yeah, just happy to, to, to be doing this part where I can connect with people. 
Yeah, I think that's the approach I'm going to take. I might have to be, uh, if, I, if, I, if I do start it, maybe I'll have to uh, get some advice off you or something. But um, I think that's the approach I'm going to take. You know, I, I don't want to give myself any extra work. That's why I, I, yeah. I always didn't want to do it in the first place. Yep. My manager was like, look, you know, come on, we know we're going to get a lock. Content. We're going to get some eyeballs. You got to follow and we got to leverage these people. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to plug in AdSense. You can a lot of these um, places where you just put your RSS feed into different places, right? So my uh, podcast is here. It's on Apple Podcasts, on whatever. But then it's on also other places where you can insert ads if you would want. Like they'll automatically insert the ad, you know, give you a cut of it. <laughs> but guess who's really making the cut, right? So, uh, so okay. those are the uh, the different ways of doing it. I don't have any ads on um, anything or anywhere, but. Um, uh, that's just one of the options in this crazy cutthroat world. Yeah. I well, think the I, real I really got some learning to do because I yeah. don't I know nothing about it. I said yeah, I'll start in January, but I have oh yeah, no start start. <laughs> I started talking about doing a podcast like two years before I like recorded my first episode, and that was like in 2014 or 2015 or whatever. So I started oh, talking wow. about it in 2013, like oh I want to do a podcast, and then not until 2015 was I posting podcasts. Right. So okay. pretty nuts. I mean, it's just me because I move slow, but it's just sort of like how it can go. If you don't, right. if you don't just hit the ground running, just like start posting. I think I was worried about it being too good or whatever and getting in like my format down and, you know, scheduling yeah. my friends and stuff. But uh, sometimes you just got to record something and post it. I think that's what I'm going to do because I like the uh, the Bill Burr podcast, the Monday morning podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's no visual. It's just him talking about what he's been doing that week. I don't think there's any editing or anything. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, very low production value. And uh, yeah, I think if I if I do something like that, then I'll probably stick at it rather than if I do if I got to do something where I'm doing it over Zoom and editing, you know, graphics. Oh fuck that. No. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Not gonna last. No, I don't think so. Well, best of luck. Very excited. Um, we'll definitely retweet that on the friends of the show podcast feed when we see it come out <laughs> thank you man yeah well i mean that that's the the one of the things i've got a column uh with metal talk magazine a monthly column with them starting in january as well where i get to talk about anything i want which oh sweet cool. and you'll be able to put uh, that uh you'll be able to put the podcast in your bi little bio blurb <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um I got the second book, which will be coming out next year, and uh, hopefully, yeah, some tours with the band and stuff as well. So, um, lots of stuff coming out. I mean, uh, you know, live touring and stuff like that is obviously subject to the Omicron situation. Yeah, but, the uh, whims of the the whims of the novel coronavirus. Oh yes, exactly. Where God knows what the next one's going to be like for the <laughs> Claudius Maximus virus or something yeah. like that. Yeah, get vaccinated, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, James. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. We'll start rinding it down, and I just have to open my... Uh, wait, did I take iTunes off of my desktop? No, I took it off of my bar. I'm just talking because I am stalling for time. Maybe, James, <laughs> you want to start saying your goodbyes and uh, <laughs> start yeah, saying well where people can find you at James Kennedy UK. Yeah, well, um, yeah, so I'm on everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Snapchat, and TikTok. It's, uh, everything is at James Kennedy UK. I often get confused with the douchebag from um, Vanderpump Rules, the reality uh, TV show. Okay. He's James another a. James Kennedy, yeah. and he's uh, he's British as well. Uh, he's got blue eyes and blonde hair. I got brown eyes and black hair, right? So so look at the profile pic before you send me any more of his hate mail because I'm not him. Always so, double check. People forget, yeah, people, I often get confused for that guy. So I'm James Kennedy UK, that's me. Um, come and say hello, man. Yeah, I'm uh, um, pretty easy to get hold of. Um, my book, no Noise Damage, My Life as a Rock and Roll Underdog, is available in the stores. And my new album is called Make Anger Great Again. Yeah, thank you, James. And definitely go check out all those things. I'll put the links in the show notes. And now I have found the thing I was trying to do, and I'll play the podcast theme as we say our goodbyes so thanks so much james um and everyone go check him out on twitter at james get it uk and uh that's it that's the end of the show thanks james that was great to speak to you great speaking to you all right bye bye, bye, -bye.
Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with James. Follow him on Twitter at JamesCannadyUK and check out all the links in the show notes and search him on your book app and check out his latest release. If you're a new listener, that rocks! If you're an old listener, that rocks even more! And I hope there's something good coming for you as we approach 100 episodes. Well, that's crazy. If you can, you'd like to check out all the old episodes at www.stevenwskinner.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podpark. The next five-star review gets a hat. If you like podcast tweets, check out at FOTSPod on Twitter. That's weird, though. I'm on Twitter also at SkinnerSteven, but maybe on other platforms, too. Special thanks to Ruby Coast for the music. Special thanks to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And special thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen W. Skinner. Have a great one.